Hey family, it's Pastor Travis, and I am so excited about this week's message. Listen, you need to turn up your phone, your car, however you're listening, because it's about to go down. I pray today you are inspired and that your faith is increased. If you want to partner with the awesome vision of Forward City Church, go now to forwardcity.tv slash give to get involved. Hey, I love you. Remember, your past is gone. Your future is waiting. So prepare to move forward. about what God's going to do this week. Um, grab your Bibles if you have one. Um, and in a few minutes, we're going to read from Matthew chapter 2, just in a few minutes. Um, but before we get there, how many of y'all love Christmas? It's going to be a few minutes. Y'all can chill. How many of y'all love Christmas? Like, I really, 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 really love Christmas. I don't like Christmas. I love, like, I love, love, love Christmas. I love Christmas uh, so much. Uh, <laughs> one of the reasons I love Christmas is because growing up, my mom, <laughs> did y'all say Christmas here? How do y'all say Y'all say Christmas? Uh, growing up, my mom would just spoil us. I, I'm going to be honest. She used to buy us all kind of stuff, and we got all of these holiday traditions. But I'm going to tell you one of the worst feelings in the world, and I didn't really experience it until I got older. One of the worst feelings in the world is when someone gets you a gift, but you don't have anything for them. And I don't know if that ever happened to you before. Like, uh, now as a pastor, it's not as bad because, you know, some people just do it because they're like, yo, we just want to honor you. We love you. And some people walk up to us and give us tens of millions of dollars. And, um, you know, <laughs> millions and millions. And it's like, God bless you. God bless you. Um, but... Um, before we were pastoring, like, it was so awkward when people would stop by the house, and, and they saw it fit to bring us a gift, and, like, a nice gift, not just a gift, like, a nice gift, and you ever had somebody give you a gift, and you're like, I didn't even know we were, like, I didn't know we were Christmas gift friends. Like, I knew we were friends, but I didn't know we were, like, go to the store and actually think about each other type of friends, and I love, I hate that about Christmas, but uh, my house is pretty protected uh, because we came up with a treaty early on in our marriage, my wife and I. Some of y'all are overwhelmed because y'all like, man, it's so busy. I got to get these gifts. I got to do all this stuff. And you think that this is a busy season for you. I would like to challenge that it's not as busy as a season for us. And I have literal proof about it. Because some of y'all like, man, I had this stuff on Lailway since September. I'm trying to get, nah. Let me tell you how busy our season is. Two days from now is my beloved's birthday. Like I said earlier, it's literally her birthday. A couple days after that is our anniversary. A week after that is Christmas. A few weeks after that is my birthday. Birthday, all in a matter of four weeks. That is insane. So we came up with something early on. We said, baby, we looked at each other and was like, you know what? Uh, we uh, Let's not get each other gifts. Now, before you judge me, you got to understand, those are four very significant dates. We would have to take out a loan every year just to celebrate. It was like, you know, it ain't really worth Like, you know, I love you. Like, I, and so you're like, I love you. You love me. You know, we're happy family. We're a great because like it, for me to, oh, wait a minute. I like great big hug and a kiss. It's, when I was singing it, you know, I ain't listening to R&B in so long, and now I'm looking at you, you fine. Great big hug and a kiss for me to, I'm out. Um, so I was, uh, <laughs> I was, so I, so this is what I did, right? I said, babe, let's, let's have this peace treaty that we're not going to, what we're not going to do is we're just not going to get each other gifts. But I had an idea. One year I said, you know what? I'm going to break the rules. I said, I'm, I'm going to sneak up on her because I just want to show her something. So I, I wrote up on her, yo, and I gave her some gifts. And her response was so awkward. She was like, oh, thank you. She's like, 
please don't, please don't surprise me no more. Like, like I feel bad. You're standing here and I have nothing to give you because we have a treaty. You breached our agreement. You're not supposed to get me anything. And so that's just the way we roll and we made it work. Now I'm going to tell you one of, this is our secret sauce for anybody who wants to know what we decided to do is not reserve our affection for a significant or big moment, but rather prove to each other our love throughout the year. And so just on a random Tuesday, I'll just pop up with a new pocketbook. What's that case? It's Tuesday. I'll just pop up with some cards. What's the case? It's Tuesday. It ain't nothing special. It ain't no birthday. I ain't got to wait for February 14th to let you know. I love you. Girl, it is Tuesday. And I just want you to know that your man got you. And, and I was literally, I was thinking about all this, and something so crazy happened. And I hope y'all be able to hear this. This happened literally while I was praying through this. Um, my wife was rolling, and she sent me, a, a, this is a true story, y'all. This happened yesterday. She sent me this, just to let you know I'm not making this up. See if y'all can hear this. Watch this. I just leaned back, um, just feeling really comfortable. Got the boys, you know, sort of where they're moving. I just want to tell you thank you for my truck. Uh, it's really comfortable, and it rides really well. Like, it's a perfect family, tri- uh, family truck. truck. And I just want to tell you thank you. I love you. I said, girl. You're going to get this great big hug and this kiss from me, baby. Um, and I, um, I, was so <laughs> I was so blessed by this because it was nothing. It wasn't a big moment. It was just stewarding a relationship. And I wonder how many of us have to maximize or go crazy or become shopaholics over big moments because we do a poor job of stewarding what we've been given. And I'm gonna tell you, retail stores love you because you come in at the last minute and they be fooling you, make you think something on sale that's already overpriced, 10% off, ooh. <laughs> and then you running everywhere and you spend all your money to buy stuff for people to prove to them that you love them instead of stewarding the relationship throughout the year. Now, I'm not knocking Christmas. I'm not knocking birthdays, but I just want to challenge you on not waiting on the big moments. And one person who wait on the moment um, is my mother-in-law. Mama said, affectionately known by all of us. And I love this woman so much. Um, this woman literally for the past nine years have gotten me the same thing every Christmas. Like every, it ain't, she don't mix it up. She don't even try to change it up. Um, the only thing she changed up is the brand. I know it's so predictable and I, I, I rely on it. Like I look forward to it. I would be upset if she got me something different. Every year, mom said gonna show up with some cologne. Every, it never fails. And she ain't gonna be nothing else. Ain't gonna be, she don't even ask me what I want. You getting cologne. And she showed up with cologne and I, <laughs> she did it so long. And so this year she might even show up and just, I, I wonder if you're watching mom, just unbox it. Like Walk up to me and just pray me, because I already know what you're going to give me. And I, I appreciate it, because I know what to expect. I want to preach a message. It's kind of about this subject called fragrance of grace. The fragrance of grace. Matthew chapter 2, I was reading this, and... Uh, Man, God started speaking to me so much about this idea. I'm going to start it this week, and I, I'm, hopefully I can get through with most of it. Matthew 2, 
1. The Bible says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So now you see wise men show up speaking to the king. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Now theologians believe that Jerusalem was troubled because they knew Herod was a madman, and they knew that if he knew that his throne was being threatened like he did many times before, that people was about to die. Literally, historically, this man had already killed his mom, his brothers, different people. Anyone who challenged his throne was dead, and everybody knew it. So the Bible says Jerusalem is even troubled. Jump down to verse 7. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child and when you have found him bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also I want to worship too no nah, man you don't want to worship I'm trying to kill the baby verse 9 when they heard the king they departed and behold the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over the young where the young child was when they saw the star they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy I still have Joy, don't forget about dig deep. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with his mother Mary and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream, this is so amazing, man. So many people got dreams during this time. Like the same, uh, you know, Joseph got a dream and, and Mary had an encounter. And now here's the wise men. They have a dream. They, they're warning a dream. Do not return to Herod. They departed for their own country another way. Verse 16. Watch this. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. They got him. And he sent forth. And put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. So, man, I got so much to say. I'm excited about it. All right, so, so we're reading about these wise men. How many of y'all ever heard about the wise men before, right? Everybody heard about the wise men. They are rock stars. They are, they are name brands. The wise men are a big deal in this nativity story. Songs are written about him. We three kings, all of this stuff. They weren't kings. They were astrologers. They were, they were magi is what the Bible even call them. So these guys, there's so many myths about these wise men. And traditionally, we were taught that there's three of them. But, you know, we don't know how many of them there were. There were three gifts. Uh, but it could have been two of them. We just know it was M-E-N. It was men. It could have been 12 of them. Nobody really knows but Mary, Joseph, and Herod. But these wise men show up, and they bring gifts to them. And here's one thing that we know. We know that these wise men showed up in a big moment. They showed up in a big moment. And it wasn't just a big moment. It was a mega moment. This, this was a historic, colossal, monumental, larger than life moment. These men come walking up and they show up at the birth of the Messiah. We don't know how long their journey was. 
Some believe that it had to be literally from the time they spoke to Herod to the time they left the, uh, the baby. It, it had to be maybe even over a year, maybe even close to two years because the hit out on the baby boys was for all the babies two and under. So we were traditionally taught maybe it was a few days, but this was a, a long journey. And, and not only that, but the Bible says when they get to where the kid is, they actually call him now a young child and not a baby. And so they're no longer in his birthplace. They're no longer where Jesus is born. They're in and they're no longer in the animal shed. The Bible literally says explicitly that they come to the babe, to the young child and his mother in a house. Now, this is really the place that I kind of want to pull up and park just for a little bit. Because you can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. We don't know how long they stayed in this house. Man, y'all, this thing started preaching to me. But we do know where Jesus came from. We know that God brought him out of a shed. He was, he was born in a shed, but he didn't stay in a shed. Now, let's talk about this shed. Let's talk about this animal shelter. Let's talk about this place with the manger. Now, now just to set the setting correct, we know... Um, we know that this place didn't have a lot of light. Like, there wasn't electricity. Um, there probably wasn't lamps. There, there wasn't, you know, fires in there because it's probably hay for the animals. So, so this place is dim. Not only that, but if there was a manger, then we know there were animals. And I don't know about y'all. My wife loves animals. She loves animals. I just went to my good friend Jimmy Rollins' house um, in Baltimore, and I got there, and he had this, this uh, bulldog, this English bulldog that came running to the the door he said he don't bite I said he don't bite you uh, and I said you know if my wife was here this would be a no-go I'm gonna be a man I ain't gonna ask you to put him up but my wife I'm kidding she don't love animals she's terrified horrified of all creatures near here and far she don't play with animals at all y'all this is an animal shed where Jesus is born at meaning that it is smelly meaning that it is messy Animals are loud. Animals are unpredictable. And Jesus chose a messy place to arrive in. The environment is inconvenient, but here it is. The environment is temporary. Oh, my God. I want to talk just for a few moments to the people in this room and online who had to endure some shared seasons. What God miraculously showed up and brought you out. Now, now this ain't for everybody, but there's a few of y'all that can testify and say, yo, I've been in some places in my life where people gave up on me. Come on, where y'all at? Where, where people counted me out, where people closed the book on me too soon, where, where people try to, try to say, oh, this is who you are because this is where you're from and this is all you'll ever be. There's some of you that were born in shed. Some of you were born in smelly situations, born in dysfunctional relationships, born in broken homes, born with limited thinking. And I got a word for you. You may have started there, but you serve a God who had a plan all alone to get you out. And this is why, ladies and gentlemen, you could never get comfortable. Did you realize that there's some people who are from where you're from and they're still comfortable? They still talk about prom and you're like, I don't even remember who I went to prom with. You couldn't be comfortable where you were because the whole time God had a plan. And working on the inside of you that your eyes hadn't seen yet and that your mind could not comprehend. That's why you couldn't get stuck. That's ain't for everybody. But if I have five people and a toddler, that'll clap your hands and say, God, thank you for not letting me be stuck in the place that I once was. 
I couldn't be stuck finding comfort with animals. And that's why sometimes God, I have something on the inside of you that's nagging you. You ever had a voice that you try to have for it? You would dance with everybody else? This is a new dance. You were dancing, swerving and serving. <laughs> but you just couldn't find the same comfort everybody else had because it was like a voice that was nagging that was like you better than this there's, there's something more to you there's a, another place for you there is something that God has in store for you and people will try to make you comfortable didn't they Jesus they'll wrap you up in swaddling clothing and they'll try to make the environment that you're in more comfortable than it is but God at the whole time is waking you up oh my God God is showing up with you in the club he's showing up with you in the midst of the turn up he's showing up with you in the strength just bedroom and he's like no no this ain't you this ain't you this ain't who I created you to be you are pregnant with purpose there is something on the inside of you that is kicking everybody have you ever been in a church I'm about to go there too that was comfortable for everybody else and it used to be comfortable for you but something arose on the inside of you that was like I think there's a little more than what I've been exposed to come on here have you ever been on a job and for everybody else that was clocking in going through whistling while they work but for you it was something that said man this ain't my end. I don't even really want a promotion here because I might get too comfortable. There was something else on the end. Have you ever been dating somebody? And for them, you were the best thing sliced bread. They thought you was going to marry them. As a matter of fact, they was getting ready to propose the next weekend. You just didn't know it. And God exposed to you something that was like, baby girl, homeboy, this ain't it. If you get stuck here, you're going to miss out on my promise. Aren't you glad that you serve a God who won't allow you to get comfortable? Oh my God. Let's talk about the God that loves you too much to massage you. Let's talk about the God who loves you too much to allow you to find comfort in temporary places. Born in the shed, but there was a house in his future. A house waiting for you. The only reason you made it out, can I talk to you for a second, is because of this word called grace. It was the grace of you, you really ain't no better. We ain't no better than people who got stuck. But the grace of God, my God, would not, oh man, his grace won't allow you to get comfortable. And I don't know who I'm talking to and where you're at in this situation. Those who made it out of the shed, those are one group of people, but there's a whole nother group of people that are living in a shed right now. You're watching and you're in the middle of dysfunction. You're in the middle of something that is uncomfortable. You're in the middle of transition. Can I tell you something? God loves you too much to allow you to get, come on, you ought to lift your hands and say, God, thank you for messing with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for, for not allowing me to get comfortable. And I want to talk to somebody. Come on, Daniel. Zoom in on me. I need to tell somebody really quickly. I need to let you know God sent me here to tell you this is only temporary. This. This pain. This sorrow. This shame. This guilt. This ravine. This valley, this low place, this hospital room, it's only temporary. God told me something a few days ago, and it took me a while to kind of digest it. I was driving and praying, and he said, Travis, 
You have to learn to endure the noise. I want you to write this down. Endure the noise. Like, like sometimes in a moment, and I do this, and I've probably done this most of my life, but sometimes in a moment, I'll allow the noise of the moment to be loud, so loud that I allow it to talk me out of truth. I'll let the, the volume of the present drown the revelation that I'm carrying in my heart. For example, for example, I will allow one moment of being overlooked to become, now I'm subject to the noise. Here comes the noise. Nobody see you. Nobody show up for you. You are here alone. Maybe you just called to live isolated. The noise, sure. Oh, here's another one. I'll, 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 I'll have a poor reaction to a situation, and I know I'm better than that, and here comes the noise. See, you thought you was changing. You ain't changed. You, you still the same. You, you ain't, you faking, man. You ain't, you ain't. Here comes the noise. The noise will show up, but the Lord told me, he said, Travis, you have to learn to endure the noise. If you endure the noise, then you'll never become subject to the temporary situation in front of you. Because every situation has a voice. Every trial is saying something. And the only way to overcome it is to endure the noise. Proximity determines volume. So for example, Trey, I'm going to walk over here slowly. <laughs> if I tell you something, right? Let's see. I'm going to take a few steps away from you. I'm going to say the same thing. I'm going to cover my mouth. Can't, can't read my lips. Can you hear me? Now, the volume didn't change. The distance decreased it. So here's the revelation. You ready? If you can endure the noise temporarily... It creates space with time, and the volume always comes down. So what the enemy try to do is get you lost in the sauce of a temporary situation, and it's so loud. He don't love you. Your kids don't appreciate you. You can't afford what God put in your heart. It's so loud in the moment. But if you allow time to come in between you and that moment, the volume will decrease. But not only that, that ain't really where the shout comes in at. God told me something else. He says, not only does time create separation in the noise, you know what else does? Praise. I don't need everybody, but give me 10 people and a baby that know that you have a voice, oh my God, that can put separation between you and the noise that is trying to talk you out of the promises of God. Maybe this is why the text say to shout for joy. I have on the inside of me the ability to outshout the noise of my temporary circumstance. I don't need everybody. Give me 10 people that'll open up your mouth and call the devil a liar. When I open up my mouth, not only do I exalt God, but I remind myself of his goodness. God, you are for me, not against me. I am who you say I Somebody open up your mouth and bless them in this room. Endure it. Endure it. Endure the noise. Endure 
the pain. Endure the season. Because you may be in a shed today, but you're coming out. You may be in a low place today. Jesus says this. He looks to his boys, and he says this. And you can take it literally, but I like to take it metaphorically as well. He says, I go away to prepare a place for you. Now, I know he's talking about heaven. I get that. Don't look at me like that. I get it. But I, I actually try to take that word and apply it to situations that I'm in. When I feel overwhelmed, I like to hear his voice say, Travis, I'm preparing a place for you. Oh my God. You might be in a shed right now, but I'm preparing a house for you. You don't hear what I'm telling you. You may be in a low situation right now, but I'm preparing something better for you. We serve a God who is not a procrastinator. He is a planner. He's always, when I can't see you, you're working. Even when I can't feel you, you're working. You never stop working. He is a God who prepares a place for you. And the enemy wants to convince you that you're forgotten about. The enemy wants to convince you that you're overlooked. Look, the enemy wants to convince you that where you are is where you're staying. But the devil has been and will always be a liar. God is preparing a place for me that eyes haven't seen, that ears haven't heard, that has not entered into my He is a preparer. He is a restorer. He is a way maker. He is, he is, he is. Somebody praise him for preparing something for you. Oh my God, you ought to just type, it's on the way here. It's on the way here. I can't give up yet because it's on the way. I can't throw in the towel because it's on the way. I can't wave the white flag because it's on the way. I don't feel it. I can't see it. But he's preparing something. Lee, do you hear what I'm telling you? He's preparing something. Ken Ethridge, do you hear what I'm telling you? He's preparing something. Jamisha, do you hear what I'm telling you? He's preparing something. That's why he won't leave me alone. He's preparing me for what's prepared for me. Oh, my God. There is more in store for me. There is more in store. There is something on the other side of this. Somebody shout, I'm coming out. Somebody shout, I'm coming out. Jesus goes from the shed to the house. For many of y'all, 2020 has been a shed season. Don't park. The way that you're supposed to drive through. It's just a season. It's only temporary. Come on, somebody shout it. I'm coming out of this. I'm, I'm coming out. I'm coming out of this. I'm coming out of this. And I've learned to appreciate innkeepers. Woo! Oh my God. Oh my God. I've, I've learned to appreciate innkeepers that can't see my value enough to invite me in. Thank you for rejecting me. Your rejection was God's redirection. Here it is. If I would have been welcomed into your end, maybe I would have got too comfortable in a season that was only supposed to be temporary. Oh, man, this might be too heavy for some people. But I need some people who had to deal with rejection in your life to begin to thank God that they didn't see you, that they didn't value you, that they didn't pick you for the team, that they didn't invite you in, that they didn't give you a seat to the table. Man, thank you so much. Thank you so much that this didn't fit me. Thank you that this didn't work for me. I'm grateful because I might have gotten too comfortable in a place that I was supposed to pass through, there's a house for me. I can't get comfortable in the end. There's a house for me. Do y'all hear what I'm telling you? 
was born in a shed. I'm done here. But now, in this house, watch what happens. He's brought from the wise men gold and fragrance. Not only is God faithful, my God, I'm starting to feel his presence. Not only is God faithful to bring you out of the shed, to bring you out of the messy place, to bring you out of the smelly place, but he's so faithful, watch this Paula, that once he brings you out, he'll cover you in fragrance. My God, what does that mean? That means that I don't smell like where I came from. Oh my God. Can I talk about the redemptive power of God? I know you've been redeemed when your testimony is a bit unbelievable. I know that God showed up for you when I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around the things that he brought you from. Not you. There's no way you were that nasty. There's no way you were that lost. There was no way you did that to yourself. There was no way you accepted that treatment. I can't believe it. Why can't you believe it, Travis? Because you don't smell like the shed. Oh, my God. You don't smell like your past. You don't smell like what you've been delivered from. There's more proof to that. It's found in the book of Daniel. The Bible says the three Hebrew boys come out of the fiery furnace and they don't smell like smoke. Smoke. I remember when we used to get in the club and serve it up. And I wasn't a smoker, but at Georgia Southern, you can't go into any club and not smell marijuana. It was loud in there. And I remember we would leave clubs and we'd be so smoky. Our clothes would be so smoky. And we try to spray stuff and try to cover it up. But it couldn't work. It couldn't work. And maybe that's been you in life. Maybe you've been trying to cover the stench of shame. <laughs> trying to cover the stench of sorrow, of loneliness, of rejection. Can I tell you something? God has a fragrance called grace. <laughs> that will cover you in such a way that you don't smell like where you came from, that you don't look like where you came from, that you don't, there's no remnant or, or even resemblance of the previous form of you. That's the power of his grace. Born in a shed, covered in fragrance. Born in dysfunction, but covered in fragrance. Raised through trauma, abuse, mishandling but covered in fragrance. And I was praying and thinking through this. And what Christmas is really about. Christmas is not just about getting anything. Christmas, for God so loved the world that he gave. Christmas is about getting to give something. And as I was praying this, God kind of threw me a curve because I was praying through it and I was thinking through it and I was like, oh man, God, that's so good. I never really thought about that. Like you, you covered in fragrance. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, but I don't, I don't want you to walk away from that just rejoicing about what I did for you. He said, I want you to walk away with this idea, with the burden and the obligation to provide fragrance for others. We're not just recipients of grace. 
I, oh my God. I know when the grace of God is tangible and real in your life when you can't hold it. God says, Travis, man, I, just like your mother in love, you got to show up to some places with cologne and start spraying people with love, with mercy, with grace. That's what Jesus did. He was a king, y'all. He could have easily just accepted the gifts and that be it, the end of the story. But he said, no, 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 no. Me coming wasn't about what I could get. I'm going to provide for you a fragrance that's red. <laughs> and in 33 years, I'm going to hang on a cross and cover you with something that would take away the stench of your shame. That would take away the burden of your iniquity, of your sin, of your rebellion. I'm going to cover you with grace. Hey guys, next Sunday, is December 20th, and we're going to do our stretch offering. And I talked about this last week, but we're going to come together and do an end of the year offering and stretch ourselves. Why? Because we want to give fragrance to those who are stuck in the shed. To those who need to be reminded that there is a God who is for them. That's why we're here, guys. That's why Fort City is this, not to build buildings, and we're grateful for what God has provided with us, but that's not why we're here. We're here to build people. Man, fragrance. I want to I be a hope dealer. I want, I want every time I walk into a room, the devil get nervous. Not because judgment is walking into the room, but because he knows folks about to get sprayed with grace. <laughs> when you walk on your job, you should be splashing people with the fragrance of grace. If it's nothing but just you walking up, putting your hand behind their back and saying, man, you know God is for you. That's it. Yo, you know, I'm with you. I believe in you. Man, sometimes if people just knew that God loved them in spite of them, and I, I'm telling you, I've been delivered from this idea that I have to be the grace police. <laughs> I got to be somebody who's like, hey, you know, you know that ain't right. You got you to gotta watch that. Now, you, now I, still, I still do talk to you like that, Ron, because you're my, you're my son. You know, I get on you. But I'm, I'm mature to recognize that sometimes what will help people more is not just taking a snapshot of the shed they're in and letting them know about it. But bringing them a postcard of a house and saying, you know you belong here. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Hey, if you're watching today and you feel far, you feel stuck, you feel uncovered, unseen, we serve a God who loves you so much. This love you don't earn. <laughs> this grace you don't earn. It shows up in love. All you have to do is receive it. And so you're watching right now and you're like, man, you know what? I need some of that. I'm tired of smelling like 
where I am and where I came from. I know I smell like it because I, I'm still tempted by it. I know I, I smell like it because every time I see it, I, I have the desire to go back. I, I know I smell like it because every now and then I do go back. And God is saying, yo, man, I got grace for that. And I can cover you. There's more grace in me than sending you a grace that is stronger than your temptation. I'm telling you, I am a living witness. And I don't care what they say. I know new school says, hey, man, you probably always still want that. Yo, I've been so delivered that I don't even desire stuff from my past. I'm telling you, I don't know. I'm saying that in pride. I'm saying that in the hope of his grace. It is strong enough to really free you. And I know that's old school. But his blood is not limited by my circumstance or by my story. It's stronger than that. And he can redeem you. He can change you. Lift your hands right where you are. And I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I receive you today. I receive your grace. Thank you for not leaving me where you found me. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you got up so I don't have to stay down. I receive you today as my Lord and as my Savior. I am changed forever and ever in Jesus' name. God, I don't just receive your grace, but I also give it to others. Thank you for changing me forever in Jesus' name. Hey, we love you. Don't forget, next Sunday is our strength Sunday. We're going to bless some people. I can't wait to see you. I love you. Remember, your past is going. Your future is waiting for you. Move forward. Come on, y'all. Let's worship. Hey, thank you for listening to today's message. If you would like to commit your life to this Jesus that you've been hearing about, pray the simple prayer with me. God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you got up so that I don't have to stay down. Come into my heart. Change me forever from the inside out. I'm saved. I am different. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed this prayer for the first time, or even if you rededicated your life today, I'm so proud of you, and you're not alone. Go now to forwardcity.tv slash brand new. We'd love to hear from you. Remember that in Christ, your past is gone. Your future is waiting. So move forward. Love you.